The Giants are undefeated no more. Unfortunately, Big Blue could not block for Daniel Jones for the life of him, losing to the Cowboys 23 to 16 at MetLife Stadium. Lawrence Tynes and I will break it all down after a Giants loss right here on Blue Rush from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. This episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Go get a Cadillac. The Giants lose the game 23-16. I am Jake Brown, the podfather, alongside the Scotsman. Cue the bagpipes. It's two-time Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes. Lawrence, I'm back in the saddle. Feels good to be back. back here. On Blue Rush, I'm wearing your shirt. Your I shirt see that. that gave me. I have you in the background and OC in the background. We got about 8 billion things to talk about in this game. Paul Schwartz is currently writing about this game as we record this. And he's got a lot to write about. Let's just start with, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with Sterling Shepard. A torn Achilles yeah. last year, and now it could be another one. A non-contact injury there on that interception. It comes on the final play. Year after year with this guy, it's just tough luck injuries, and it's unfortunate because he was looking good out there. Yeah, you don't like to speculate, but anytime you see these non-contact injuries, guys running routes, they they pull up, grab their knee. It's just it never ends well. So thoughts and prayers to to Sterling Shepard. He's a warrior. He's he's played a lot of good football for this football team that hasn't been very good. Your heart goes out for him. He's just a he's just a warrior. You know, you can tell by the uh, Cowboys players coming up and tapping him on the helmet as he was being carted off how much respect he has league wide. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out more obviously this week, but um, that's a tough way to end the game. It was a gritty, tough football game, but that's just a really tough thing to see late in the football game. What's tough to see as well. And what our thoughts are with Sterling Shepard is the giants offensive line LT Evan Neal owes Daniel Jones steak dinners for life. That offensive line owes him steak dinners. They gave him no time. The most times he was pressured in his entire career, 22 plus times, he was on his ass all day. He didn't turn it over until the final you know, play of the game. But man, this offensive line needs some continuity because I don't think this is on Daniel Jones. This offensive struggles are on that O-line. Yeah, and you know, Evan Neal has to understand he's going to be a good player. Evan Neal is going to be a fantastic right tackle, but he is being baptized by fire. There are no red shirts in the NFL. We are not in the SEC. We are not at Alabama. He is getting some premier pass rushers, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons over him. Each week he's going to face a guy, right? And next week he's going to get the guy again because they know he's obviously the weak link on that offensive line. But I'll tell you what, the pressures, right? I think it was 21. It was 22. They announced 21. I think it ended up being 22 pressures. It just is not good enough. And, and to say that those are the most pressures he's ever had, think about some of the offensive lines, that he, that guy has played behind. And this is supposed to be 
a fixed offensive line. I'll give Dallas credit. They've got a tremendous front four, and they just rotate guys in and out. They can get pressure with four. It's why Daniel had trouble uh, completing passes today. It was just, you know, obviously the receivers don't get open. We don't have any elite receivers out there running routes. You add that into a, a great defensive line, and that was the cause of today's game. He hung in there. I will give Daniel Jones a ton of credit today. He made a ton of plays with his legs. He just battled. You know, it was a gritty performance, and it wasn't good enough. But that's the thing the Giants teams are going to have to do because they don't have, outside of Kadarius Toney or a Slayton, uh, I believe Slayton was even active today. He didn't get any reps. That's going to be a weakness that's going to get exposed as the season goes on. Daniel Jones can only run so much, LT. I mean, 79 yards, he scrambled, he broke tackles. I mean, he was a warrior out there. Again, his dives and slides were not pretty. Uh, do not put that no. in a you know football for dummies video. Yeah, or he does put not that on slide tape. very well. Yeah, it's unbelievable it's, that he still can't bizarre. do that. Yeah, it's it's very strange to watch. But there's only so many times he can run the football before he's going to get killed out there. I mean, the fact that he's still living and still you know pretty healthy coming out of this football game is pretty incredible, LT. And um, the key here came in the fourth quarter. And there were a bunch of plays. We'll get into them. A lot of undisciplined football. But Shepard, perfect DJ throw. Maybe the best throw of the night. Two steps, drops the ball. Could have been a fumble. One more half step. It's incomplete. The next play becomes a delay a game. It's third and 14. It's tough. And then the $72 million man. Where is he? There's an APB out for him. Kenny Galladay. Here's your chance. Here's your target. Here's your catch. He had one earlier penalty off the board against Sterling Shepard hits his chest. He bobbles it. He drops it one move. He probably could get the first down and those three plays LT. That's the difference of the game. Giants lose right there. Those yeah, three plays. You bring up great points. Those are the three plays. You know, Kenny Galladay has not had a lot of in-game snaps, right? He gets a football to him. It's a little bit foreign. He hasn't had a lot of targets all season. He hasn't played a whole bunch. Sterling Shepard, I'll give him a little bit of a pass. It was a great play by the D, by the DB. The DB punches it out as he as he brings the ball in. Sure, you want, you'd like for him to hold on to that, and Sterling usually will. But that was a great play by the DB. And that you're right, that was the game. I mean, they just could not complete passes down the field. It was a bunch of Daniel scrambling, hitting tight ends, hitting backs, hitting these routes that were out of sync, if you will. Right, nothing. Nothing hit today where Daniel dropped back, put his foot in the ground through the football. It was all manufactured with his feet. So um, he played a nice game. He did, you know, obviously you can, everyone can think what they want to think of Daniel Jones. He is what he is. But one thing they'll never question is his toughness because he battled. What is he? Where, where are you on Daniel Jones? Because he showed his grit. He showed that he could battle. But, you know, he did still at times hold the ball for too long. And I'm not putting this loss on him, but he did hold the ball for a long a few times, had to run or, you know, throw the ball. He threw the ball away what felt like eight times. I didn't, I didn't count how many times he threw it away a lot. He held on to it a lot. He missed a few guys. Where are you here after three games and, you know, a third season on Daniel Jones? You know, I said this on Twitter, too. I, I, I just think we need to just enjoy the season and see what happens with him, because I don't think anyone knows what he is. I could honestly see Daniel Jones signing somewhere else and having a 10-year career, a solid career, mixed in with a couple Pro Bowls down the road. I don't know that he's been so physically beaten and mentally beaten up in this city by the poor teams and poor offensive lines that he's played behind that he's ever going to be good enough for the fans to accept him, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, I think holding on to the ball too long is a product of the receivers. I mean, Richie James, Sills, and Sterling Shepard, who's not a burner. He's quick in space in the slot, but he's not a burner that's going to stretch the field. I mean, a lot of that is because of your personnel. 
You know, if you look on the other side of the football at a at a Cooper Rush who did not put the ball in harm's way today, his running game was fantastic. He made some some good quality throws when he had to, but he's got CD Lamb, right? Obviously, CD Lamb had the big drop early in the game, but CD Lamb is a guy, right? He's a, he's a big target. He's a number one receiver for a reason. We don't have that guy on that roster, and so it's really hard to find guys open when they're undrafted. And, you know, I think there was two undrafted guys and, and then you got Sterling Shepard who's been beat up over his career. So I don't slight him at all for, for holding on to the football. That's just what he had to do to try and make plays today with the personnel. Yeah. And then listen, when Richie James is one of your top oh, yeah. receivers, you're in trouble and credit to Richie James. He's been fantastic taking advantage of the opportunities and you know, he's no relation to clay, but Mr. Bellinger, uh, I mean, he he's been a solid tight end that no one had heard of. Come into the season, really. He's your number one guy, and he was reliable out there tonight. So you're really working with a bag of nothing, and it doesn't help that Kenny Galladay is doing nothing. And he's been the talk of Giants Twitter. He's been the talk of Giants fans. We already know. We've talked about Paul Schwartz every episode. He's not on the Giants next year. How far is he going to be on this team the rest of this season? Does he make it at this point, Lawrence, to the halfway point? I don't know. I mean, obviously the financial commitment is what it is. And I don't know if releasing him makes his football team better. I don't know that unless they can get something for him and someone wants to take on some of his salary and the Giants take on the rest. I mean, I don't know what that deal looks like. So I think if you can get Kenny involved early and get him some targets and maybe he can, you know, help this football team. I just, they're in a bad spot. I mean, they just don't have a guy. Kadarius Tony cannot get on the field. He's hurt all the time. And he wasn't playing much even when he was active. So I don't know what this looks like, man. This 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 could be kind of a, a really nice start. And then we're going to start to see really what this football team is because offensively, they're handicapped compared to other teams, especially in the division. They, they've got a gauntlet of a division coming up. Yeah, and the Eagles look like a Super Bowl Very contender. It's, it's weird to say that, but they look like a legit football team. And what? They're the last undefeated team, right? Left in the NFC. Uh, yeah. How yeah, crazy the Eagles that? and the Dolphins. You know, Jalen Hurts is a winner. They found a guy in the second round. A lot of people weren't so high on him. But Jalen Hurts has won football games every single stop, whether it was in high school, at Alabama, or Oklahoma. The guy is a winner, and he's obviously gotten better. They put an offense around him. And, oh, by the way, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they have a tight end. They have two backs. I mean, they have skill players around him that are available and can play. That makes a big deal. The Giants don't have anyone like that. They don't have a single player that would make the Eagles roster a skill player. Maybe, I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley. I mean, I'm not talking about backs because, again, he was phenomenal again tonight. That I run, wish they I mean, whew. really good. And I wish they just would have given the ball a little bit more. I felt like they they abandoned the run too early, and, and Daniel was throwing a lot. You know, there's a lot of passing plays. But Saquon, again, phenomenal. But that's it. You know, Daniel played his heart out. He hung in there. But again, it's this is a roster problem, and this is not Joe Shane's problem. Dave Gettleman presented this problem with some of the additions and signings he made and draft picks. So it's not going to be an easy fix. The Giants are in for you know the rest of this season. We'll see what they are. They were competitive tonight, but I think this is going to take two or three years to fix. Do you feel a lot worse about like where are you from the first two games? Do you feel a lot worse? Like has this team totally regressed after this game? Are they pretty much where they at? Are they a little below? Are they a little above? Where are you after, you know, this two and one start? I, I just think the first two wins were fun and exciting for the city, but those are not, the, those two football teams are not very good. The Titans are not very good and the Panthers are not very good. And we beat them. And that's great. We beat, you know, two teams that aren't very good. We played a team that's good. 
You know, I, I get Cooper Rush as a backup, but as you guys saw tonight, and we said on the show last week, he doesn't put the ball in harm's way, and he's got a good running game, and they can protect the passer. I want to flip to the other side of the football, though. Our defense, I don't think we had one, one or two pressures. I think Dexter Lawrence had one early in the first half or maybe late in the first half. But we didn't get any kind of pressure, and this Wink Martindale defense is supposed to be all about pressure. And I don't recall we had one tackle behind the line of scrimmage on a jet sweep. Other than that, no negative plays. And they just didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. This this defense was almost a little bit better with uh, O'Shane and, and, and Jihad Ward playing defensive end. We didn't provide any pressure to the quarterback at all. And, and that's disappointing, especially when you had Aziz coming back and Kayvon. Yeah. What do you think of Kayvon? I mean, I, I don't know what to say because he didn't really do anything, right? He had a batted pass, I think, maybe late in the first half. But other than that, Kayvon Thibodeau was just getting his feet wet again. You know, he's a rookie. I get he's a premier. He's going to be a premier pass rusher in his league, but you don't just wake up and play in your first NFL game. You know, his his last action was preseason. Regular season pro football is a completely different animal. So he got baptized tonight. He'll look at his film and he'll learn from it. And he went against a rookie tackle most of the night. I think I think Peter's got some reps in there, too, for for Dallas. But that was a young offensive tackle that they just drafted that he was going against. But when you can run the ball like Dallas does, it opens up the pass. You have to play right. It doesn't, you can't just tee off on the quarterback every time. So yeah, Wink Martindale's defense was not good tonight. I don't think they were very good at all. Now they, you can look at the points and think, okay, that's a decent night, but where was the pressure? Where was the pressure? I mean, we never got, we never had a free runner to the quarterback all night long. Yeah. Zero pressure. And and listen, you said it before. I mean, you're letting Tony Pollard run all over you. 13 for one Oh five Lawrence. That's eight yards. A carry Zeke, Puts down 73, 176 yards on the ground. That can't happen. And you got to factor in the whiteout, the fans going crazy. Everyone's saying it's the greatest atmosphere of the year. How does the defense not respond to that energy that the fans are bringing? They said, where you're white, every player is tweeting it, show up, you know, whiteout, we're going to rock MetLife. They rock MetLife. And it was a dud from the defense. You got to put pressure on a backup quarterback. You got to find a way to stop Tony Pollard. I mean, they did okay against Zeke, but you couldn't stop the backup. It seemed like every time he touched the ball, Lawrence, he had a first down. It was an unacceptable effort. The big missing piece tonight was Leonard Williams. The, the Giants do not get ran on like that tonight if Leonard Williams was available. And it just goes to show you, you know, you hear a lot of Giants nation complain about how much money he makes. He doesn't make enough. I mean, he is that vital of a part of a part of that defense because, yeah, he doesn't have 10 sacks a year, but he he provides a push up the middle that lets some of those linebackers run freely and make those plays that tonight they couldn't get off blocks. They couldn't get off blocks and they couldn't make any plays. And you got to tip your cap to the Cowboys. I mean, that offensive line is all kind of new, but they're just doing a better job scheme wise or finding guys that can play than the Giants are. The Giants have had an offensive line problem. Lawrence, for what seems like a decade, for what seems like since you were a Super Bowl champion of the Giants, they have had a problem. They've tried to fill the holes however they can, whether it was Glowinski, who was not good, whether it's the rookie Evan Neal, high draft pick, not good. You know, I won't hate too much. John Feliciano wasn't terrible. That's our guy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what he told us his nickname was. I think it was like a, a chocolate caramel or something. I got to look up what yeah. he told us his nickname was. But outside of him, Everyone in that O-line had pretty much an unacceptable effort. Maybe Andrew Thomas, we could Andrew say Thomas was okay. played fine. They didn't yeah. do much over there, over his way. There was a couple, maybe he gave up one or two pressures, but 
Evan Neal was getting beat like a drum. Well, he was getting pancaked like where we were at IHOP on a Sunday morning with the Brown family. <laughs> One of those, though, I'll put on the, the tight end, Myrick, because it, it looked like Neal was expecting help at the third sack, probably. And, and Myrick just completely allayed him, just let him go and take the outside. And it was a free run to uh, actually, that was not, that was not, Dex, that was not Demarcus Lawrence. That was that number six guy for Dallas, that free runner that came in and hit Daniel. And that guy had a nice game. I can't think of his Wilson, name. Wilson, I think. Yeah. Good player. And Myrick just completely let him go by. So lots to fix, lots to learn from, but I think, you know, Brian Dable, I think he knew how tough Daniel Jones was. I think he has a newfound respect for him tonight, because when you say that's the most pressures he has ever faced in his career, that says a lot with as we talked about how many bad offensive lines he has played behind. And this tonight, is arguably his his best on paper offensive line. So that is saying something. It's saying a lot. And he battled through it. You know, he didn't the turnover sales falls. I, I mean, sure, it's a pick on his stats, but let's let's call that what it was. David Sills fell down. Um, and it's a hell of a play by Diggs to even make that interception. How so he scooped that was unbelievable. I thought right I off the his glove, yeah. but that's why he's an all pro player. And you know, they just have to figure out ways and they're going to have to get creative moving forward, right? Because there's no number one wide receivers, you know, coming into that facility next week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I give credit. Dallas won the game, but the Giants really lost this game because Dallas was so undisciplined. So many dumb penalties. Wilson, who you're talking about, who spikes the ball, the unsportsmanlike conduct, the face mask with four minutes left. They bailed Daniel Jones out with multiple defensive penalties. Mike McCarthy is going to have to meet with this team because if this is the Super Bowl team that they think they might be, they can't have those kind of penalties. We know the Giants did, and the Giants have been a losing team. They got to they got to fix that up. They got to shore that up. But the Cowboys had a lot of undisciplined penalties that don't happen with playoff teams, and they gave the Giants every chance. They said, here, we'll give you this game on a silver platter, and the Giants said, we won't take it. And, you know, we can't hate on Sterling Shepard too much because, you know, they might he might be gone for the season. But, you know, another key play in this game was when DJ had that great play. They get the late hit, the 15-yard penalty, and then that penalty comes back because of a Shepard taunting call that brings it back 15 yards. Every 15 yards you can get, take it, please. You need any yard you can get. And that was a penalty on the Giants' side that really killed them. Yeah, and you know, the, the Cowboys were the number one most penalized football team in the league last year. And it obviously looks like they're trending that way again for 2022. That game would have been not a blowout, but you take away some of those boneheaded penalties they had in the first half. I mean, the Giants are swimming. I couldn't believe it was a 6-3 ball game at the half. I mean, it just felt like the Giants were losing, you know, 20 to three or something like that. But somehow they hung in there. They found a way to score early uh, in that second half. But it just wasn't enough. You know, they Dallas is a better football team right now. They really are. Even with a backup quarterback, they have more pieces. They have more pro ballers. They have more superstars. And they have a number one receiver and a couple of really, you know, pretty good backs. The Giants are two and one, you know, be thankful for that. So they got the Bears coming in. They could easily go to three and one next week, but they were not good tonight. You know, they just weren't very good. On Monday Night Football in primetime, in the words of Ja Rule, all Giants fans were hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray. It wasn't a fire fest, but uh, it, it was 
a dump show. Yeah. Use another word for that on Monday because yeah, this was and everyone was saying stop putting this on my screen on prime time. I want to get the first half of my life back because I chose to watch it with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and they are just brutal calling Giants games. And on primetime, like, we, we can we almost t- feel it. We had to listen to them on Fox, you know, every Sunday. Now it's like, oh, primetime, let's go. Wait, Joe and Troy are on ESPN now. I finally, before the end of the first half, changed to the Manny cast, which was much more enjoyable. And can we talk about our guy? I think he was the first interview we did. It was me and you with Tracy Morgan. We were very used to getting interrupted. That was our by very Tracy. first guy on our show. Very first one. Most interruptions we've ever had. The Manning cast, Peyton and Eli, are now used to what we had to go through. Did he Call do it us- again? I didn't watch the Manning cast. So I was, I when I, when the Giants are on, I got to watch the broadcast just because I, I, there's distractions on the Manning cast and things like that. So I did not watch any of the Manning cast. So I didn't get to see our friend Tracy Morgan. I'm glad I changed him. He had the chain on. He was interrupted. Like Payton and Eli were, it was kind of a big part of the game and they were trying to get into plays. And Tracy's like, Eli, Eli, Eli. He's like, what Tracy? What Tracy? He's like, I loved you. Like Plaxico, the catch, Tyree. And he's like, oh, thanks. Thanks so much. Memory laned him to death. Yeah. Here's a 30 yard play. Tracy's talking about something else. Uh, so, you know, that was one of the toughest edits in my podcasting career. And I've been doing this for almost a decade now, trying to edit around and make that interview work. But he was hilarious. They were laughing the whole time. He talked about how he has like three Ferraris. He said he had a police escort. I think he was at the stadium doing the interview from some room in the stadium. I wasn't really following, but he said he got a Ferrari for like every day of the week. He had a police escort. He said the traffic's crazy. Some fans still haven't got in, which we could believe that very well, much. Well, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel was on at halftime with Troy and Joe Buck, and he said he passed Tracy Morgan in his Lamborghini or something on the way to the game. But he said it was like in the middle of the second quarter. He wasn't even at the stadium yet. He said there was a lot of traffic. He said, I got to do the hit with, with the man. He's I got to be on. And that's how he like got passed and police escorted him. He is a national treasure, that guy. I can admit. Windows usually down. He does do that. He drove past me outside Madison Square Garden. I believe it was uh, during the Rangers playoff game. He makes it known that he's Tracy Morgan and you'll see him. He has the windows down. He's got rap music blasting. Okay. That kind of guy with a fancy car. He drove, drives right to whatever the special parking lot is. So he makes his presence felt. I would probably do the same thing if I was uh, an A-list celebrity with three Ferraris. Yeah, he's doing okay. What do you drive, doing, Lawrence? Um, I just drive a truck, man. I'm a simple guy. I just Trucker. have a truck. Yeah, I, I don't have see. anything cool yet. Here many... in Kansas, there's a lot of trucks. Got, yeah, you need a truck. You got snow. I got baseball gear in the back. I mean, there's just so much stuff. You need a truck, right? So um, when the kids go to college, maybe I'll have a cool car, but not right now. Maybe no you'll cool get a cars. Cadillac since this episode of Blue Rush is presented by your Tri-State Cadillac dealers. Yeah, I mean, you saw in this game that once again, I'm going to the Scotsman. I mean, even the offensive line on special teams didn't block on that first field goal there as that yeah, was, that, was a bad that wasn't play. even his fault. No, take us through no. that play. So to me, it just looked like Bredersen got beat on the inside. And the quickest way to a block point is from up, you know, from the A and B gaps. And it looked like he came in the B gap. You always generally see the guy off the edge. That's fine. But your operation time will take care of that. It looks like Bredersen just kind of got beat. They ran a little game there and beat him inside. And obviously it's a, his operation time was fine. I timed it. I mean, he just, you can't get the kickoff right when you get beat inside. So just a bad day for those guys, you know, 
Bredesen had a bad play later on in the game, too. I mean, obviously, the whole offensive line struggled a little bit, I think, outside of Thomas. I think Thomas played fine. The rest of the guys struggled a little bit. But I just hope Giants Nation doesn't overreact to some extent because, you know, this is a two-on-one football team. They have a winning record. But what what Gettleman in the previous regime left Joe Shane and Brian Dable was not a whole lot. A bad cap and a bad roster. And I think they're doing what they can. And obviously, we see the signs of improvement. They were in the game tonight, right? We had a chance even late with a minute and a half left. We had a chance to drive down there and do something. And sure, it's a small chance, but we had a chance. As long as they can keep hanging around in ball games, they'll win them. You know, but I, like we said early in the season, I think, you know, if they win eight or nine games, that is a massive, massive victory for this team. But they're still a lot of pieces away from being a playoff contender. So what you're saying is Giants fans should not be fooled by the two early wins. Both those teams won in week three, by the way, the Panthers and the Titans they finally did. got in the winning column, but don't be fooled. And you could still go three and one. You're playing a bad Bears yeah. team, your home one o'clock game. I mean, you get still go to three and one before you cross the pond and go to London. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing for a team that was no. unwatchable last year. No, and it gives Brian Dable and this staff, I mean, they're going to have to get really creative on offense. Obviously, everything is going to go through Saquon. Um, You don't want to overuse him, but I'd like to see Breida get more involved and and Saquon obviously keep doing his thing, but tight ends and, you know, it's just going to be a – there's no one to stretch the field unless you get Slayton on the field. Um, He's the only guy on that that roster that has speed and a little bit of size. You know, he's not 6'5", but he's I think he's like 6'1", 6'2". And then obviously the Kenny Galladay thing is – it is what it is. I don't know what's going to happen there, but naturally I think he plays more. I think you're going to have to get him on the field and obviously use him and, and, and see if he can help this football team because they need him right now, especially with Sterling Shepard. It's not truly time to panic. And, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but after Packers Ravens, you have a light part of the schedule where you can pick up some victories and get yourself in at least the wild card yep. conversation. When you're talking about the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Texans, the lions, the Cowboys, again, the commanders, uh, the commanders, again, you have in there, you got the Colts in there. So, you know, you have six or seven winnable games and, you know, eight wins is not out of the question for this team. I was encouraged in the beginning. I love the play call in the beginning, that RPO where Daniel ended up throwing the ball. It was kind of like a fake RPO and he threw the ball. There was encouraging signs, you know, at least the regime is different. The play calling is a lot better. Brian Dayball, you saw the, the frustrations he had with the Shepard offensive pass interference call. Another that was a tough call. That was, that was bad, a right? big call. Yeah, bad call. Um, they missed that one. I mean, he's literally just running his route and then braces for impact like anyone would when some guy's running at you. He, he wasn't blocking him on purpose. So that was a tough call. But again, we had some questionable calls go our way, too. So I think they all kind of balance themselves out. Let's play Brian Dayball here. You know, he spoke after the game as we talk about Sterling Shepard, just another injury. You just hate to see it. Josh, let's play Dayball talking about Sterling Shepard's injury. Yeah, I think anytime you lose a good player that has leadership qualities, you know, there's avoid. But that's why we have the other guys are going to have to do a good job of stepping up. Again, I just feel terrible for for the guy. All right. So you heard that sound Lawrence on Sterling Shepard. It was just like, you know, the frustration of the game and they're in it. And then it ends on that, like a season ending potential injury was kind of like the nail in, in the coffin. And I'm glad you have some positive thoughts of like, don't let this game ruin everything. But for a team that Kadarius Tony can't stay in the field, Kenny Galladay is barely getting any targets, touches, saying things off the field. And now your third receiver could be out for the season. I mean, 
you're going to have to trade for a receiver at this point. You got to be careful with the cap situation and what are you building? I mean, what are you going to trade for him? Right. You can't give away valuable draft picks. This team is not, I don't want to say they're not going to be solid this year, but they're not going anywhere. Right. This is not a team that's contending right now for a Super Bowl title. So that's the end game. It's the only game when you play football is to win a Super Bowl. They're going to be in a tough spot. Like you said, now you line up with Sills, Richie James, or you're one and two, right? Technically, unless Galladay gets on the field. And then you got to incorporate Slayton. Slayton's going to have to, you know, get on the field and make some plays. Uh, otherwise, this could go ugly get it ugly real fast. If they can't find some way to move the football, this is going to get really ugly. And yeah, and then you factor in, this is Daniel Jones, basically final chance to prove himself. It's like, it's tough because we've given him excuses a lot. He's going to get more excuses now. And and they're rightfully so. I mean, don't have great receivers, don't have a great offensive line, but the giants are in a pickle here. If this continues like this of, do you bring him back and do you give him another chance? and hope that guys stay healthy and hope you have better receivers and hope you have a better offensive line, or do you have to go in another direction at quarterback? Again, that's a question that's too early to you know, ask right Way now. Way down the line. Yeah, let's just see what happens because we're almost sick of talking about him to some extent because he does do things you like, he does things you hate, but again, today kind of makes you like him, respect him more, but I don't know that it says he's a franchise quarterback because he hasn't been given franchise tools, right? So let's just see what happens. I mean, if he, he, he can somehow – Will this team to some victories through his grit and toughness and make some plays? The Giants will make that decision after week 17. And next week, their defense is going to step up. They don't have as good, uh, you know, of a quarterback, but they have a running quarterback in Justin Fields. Yeah. And Kayvon Thibodeau has got to have to show up. You got to put pressure on the quarterback and you got to make sure he doesn't run loose because, you know, he could run for 110 yards, throw for 80, and the Giants lose 12 to nine. Thanks to Graham Gano, three field goals, who, by the way, let's hope he is okay as well. Because he got stepped on by his own guy there. You might have to shoot him a text and make sure he's good for next week because he's been the MVP of this team. Absolutely. Another 250 yarders just, oh, by the way, tonight. Um, But the special teams hurt us a little bit today. The big punt return was not super impressed with the punt. It looks like he punted it in the wrong direction the way the cover team was going. And then, of course, the block field goal set a bad tone early. Uh, The special teams was not very good tonight, to be honest with you, outside of Graham Gano. All right, Lawrence, as you look ahead to the Bears game, do the Giants win that game? And then just give me your final thoughts on this loss of the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would hope they they can. We'll see. Uh, you know, the Bears are two and one somehow, some way. They, they've won two games. So I, I haven't really studied them much. I will this week. Final thoughts on the Cowboys game is they just got beat by a better football team. That is including with Cooper Rush at quarterback. I mean, their defensive line can get pressure without, you know, blitzing. And that was a recipe for disaster. And they have some skill players that we don't have. They don't, they have a number one, number two receiver. They did enough. The Cowboys are, are a solid football team. They, they're pretty good. I think they're fine in the way. And when Dak Prescott comes back, I think they're going to be even better. They get Gallup back. Gallup didn't dress tonight, but that's another weapon. They're just a better team than us right now. We all wrote off the Cowboys after the Dak Prescott injury, and we're all eating our words. We said, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people said, oh, the season over for the Cowboys. Well, it doesn't look like that. I wasn't one of them. You know that. I I said that Cooper Rush is a legit quarterback. Yeah, you were on the team Cooper Rush, and now you're back on team Saquon Barkley this year. He has been the one bright spot of this offense. He When he was finding that hole, and then, you know, he kind of did a little pivot and went to the left and found the lane for the touchdown. He is going to be electric to watch, and – This offensive line, my final thoughts are be better. 
don't suck block for Daniel Jones, because if they block like they did on Monday night, we might see hmm. Tyrod Taylor here in a few weeks and not because of Daniel Jones play, but the fact that he's going to end up hurt, they got to be better. He got to yeah. protect up front, whether that's scheming things up different, whether that's using an extra running back in the backfield to block for him, you're going to have to do things differently because if those guys up front are going to get done, you're going to need more pass protection. there. getting rushed 22 plus times is unacceptable. Be better. And, you know, defensive line, be better. Like you said, need Leonard Williams back, be better. Rush quarterback, Cooper Rush out all day. Don't give Justin Fields all day. Yeah. Don't give Aaron Rodgers all day in London because we know what he could do when he's given oh. you know, all the time in the world. Lamar Jackson on the schedule, we know what he can do when he's given all the time in the world and use his legs. So this pass rush has got to be better. Offensive line got to be better. Football starts up front, starts in the trenches, starts the defensive line. Both those have to be much better to make up for the Giants' deficiencies at receiver and all the injuries. So be better. We'll close out this episode of Blue Rush next. I'm Lawrence Taines. And that says cheerio to episode 111 of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and the intern, Josh Crawford, for producing the show. Lawrence, a couple of thoughts here as we close out the show. I think I just changed my voice from Groot to an old Jewish mother. Lawrence, this is Mrs. Brown speaking uh, in the close of the show, Mr. Scotsman. I want to hear your thoughts about Rihanna being the halftime show at the Super Bowl. What do you think about Rihanna? Oh, that's a great question. I really love the graphic she sent out to announce she was doing the Super Bowl halftime show. What a lovely show and talent she is. Alrighty, new episodes of Blue Rush drop Monday mornings and Thursdays. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, there's our word, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody podcasts. For Jake Brown, I'm the Scotsman Lawrence Tynes. We will return to your eardrums on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup with the Bloody Bears. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush. See you next time. Holy cow, it's a turnstile over there.